What was that? <laughs> the weather. <laughs> Very peculiar. Don't you think? Yeah. Looks like the winds are changing. Ah, uh, change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Ah, you see? So what are you going to do? First, I'm going to take your stick. No, 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 not your stick. Hey, where are you going? I'm going back. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. Hello everyone, my name is AJ Orsini, and this is episode 16 of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I am once again here in the house of O, and I've been promoting this crap for weeks, or at least promoting the crap that I have in my house now. I got all this new fancy equipment, I got stands, I got mics, I got this fancy new mixer, and I said... That as soon as I got my equipment game up, the first thing I would do was start doing interviews because I want to tell you guys the stories that sometimes don't get a chance to be told. And that's what I wanted to do with this show. And I finally hear it took me 16 episodes, which means it took me 16 weeks. But I got to where I've got to where I am now because I've been working hard at this, and, and here we are. So episode 16, and I got my interview going, and here we go. Thank you. And of course, as luck would have it. When you're going to do your very first interview, that's not my wife. <laughs> she's, she's, if you're going to label all the interviews, it's going to be zero, zero wife and then zero, one, this interview here. Okay? So it's one A and one B. Uh, when you want to do an interview, you want to go all out. Especially when it's your first interview, you want to go all out. So I could have gotten a wrestler. I couldn't have got, I could have gotten a musician. I could have gotten a whole bunch of people. But instead, I went out and found myself a king. Now, it's not just any king. He's the king of New York, which is where I resided, born and raised. Now, the ultimate irony of today, he's shaking his head here, today is Martin Luther King Day. So, I'm recording this on Martin Luther King Day, and what better way to celebrate the life of a king than to bring in El Rey himself, Start Mr. E.C. Negro. Mr. Negro, <laughs> how are you doing here tonight? Fantastic, man. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I am happy to be here. And just like Martin Luther King, El Rey has a dream, and that dream is becoming reality in front of everybody's eyes. Yes, and I'm so glad you had the opportunity to come in here today. Thank you so much once again for taking the time to grace us with your, uh, with your magnificent presence, sir. Thank you, man. Well, I, I'm here to do my first interview with you, and I gotta, I gotta say right now, I've been a fan of your work for a long time, and we were just talking before we went on the air here, and we mentioned that there's a lot of things we need to get to, and especially a, a little tidbit on that, on this reputation you have here in <laughs> New York City, 
And uh, we're going to hit on all that stuff. We're going to definitely hit on all that stuff. But where I want to begin with you is where, you know, this is going to be a non-traditional interview here. I got some questions that people don't normally ask in interviews. I have this little section we're going to do toward the end called rafts. Okay, I got ten, oh, excuse me, I got nine rafts for you. And my rafts are questions that are random as fuck. That's what the raft is, okay? Right, they're just, they're fucking random, all cool. right? They're, they're not, no rhyme or reason. I'm just going to ask you these questions you're going to give me the absolute fucking truth. I, always, man. <laughs> I, I don't lie. One thing I don't do is lie. I might be loud or obnoxious, but I, I, I speak it how it is, man. And I'm hoping to get a heavy dose of that here tonight as we begin this interview. And, of course... As different as this interview is going to be, unfortunately, I'm going to begin this interview as very traditional as possible. It's the first interview. Let's let's be professionals here. You've been in this business a long time. How many years exactly have you been in this business? I I would say that I've been in this business for 17 years. 17 years. That's a long. It's a long time. Long time. When I got in, you were already a decade. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And it was a great decade. And. And now is even a, a greater time. Now you're on the bigger and better things at the moment. But let's let's go back to the beginning here because while you stand before me here a king today, once upon a time you were but yet a prince. Right. You were for a sure. young a young negro once upon a yeah, time. For sure, man. What were your influences? What got you hooked into the wrestling game? How young were you when you first got a hold of that? Like really early. So I was fortunate enough to have two older brothers that loved professional wrestling. So okay. when I came out of the womb, it was on the TV in my house. It was what I saw like growing up at a very, very young age. My dad used to take my brothers and myself to Madison Square Garden all the time. I'm talking about in the early 80s. I'm 37 years old. The Vlad days. Yeah, for sure. All all my boys used to be there, man. And, um, And it was great to go to the garden because there was no internet. There was no spoilers. Oh, yeah. And when you went to a wrestling show, you genuinely enjoyed the show because you didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where we could talk about that later, like how I feel, spoilers and things I, like I that. I just did that episode last week, the kayfabe episode. Yeah, I, I, got, sure, I got that man. shit off K-Fabe my chest, too. is very too. much alive. It's all That's about what, what we saying, give people. Bro. That's what I did. Look, he said it in two seconds, baby. It took me 50 minutes to get that point across <laughs> last week. No, but I fucking went in. Like, We're I was the dictators, right? We're the wrestlers, so we dictate. It's all about belief. If they right. believe the fucking story, then obviously kayfabe's alive. You can't tell me kayfabe's dead when you don't know what I'm doing. It's all about You don't know how doing. I made this. How do you think? Right. <laughs> but that was last week's right. conversation. We're here to talk about you. So you were very young. You go into the garden. You had your older brothers. At what point? Because I, I know for me, I, I used to attend a lot, a lot of events when I was a kid, too. And I remember, I can pinpoint it. I can pinpoint the exact fucking moment. Bro, fucking Hartford Civic Center, 1999. I'm going to a Raw with my mom, and the fucking show opens up with the Rock and Sock Connection. Rock comes out, huge pop. That was the fucking moment. I said, ah, this is what I have to do. Is there a particular match, show, performer, any incident where you fucking saw it and it went, ugh, this, I have to do this? Two things. January 23rd, 1984, Hulk Hogan. See, he's got the dates. Everyone has the date. I'm telling you, man. I gotta go for it. I'm sorry. Hulk yeah. Hogan. No, no. It, it's the truth. You're talking about the real moments that so influence Yeah, where you went. Hulk stand. Hogan beating the Iron Sheik for the WWF title in Madison Square Garden. That was crazy on another level. You know, the, the era of Bob Backlund was before that. He was yeah. champion for many years. Out of nowhere, the Iron Sheet comes in and, and beats him in a very controversial way. They, I guess they wanted to phase Backlund out and bring Hogan in. So they did this uh, gimmick where they threw the towel. So Backlund never really tapped. 
but the finish went to the Sheik and the garden wasn't shot because the Sheik won. Then this new guy came along named Hulk Hogan. He did like two TV gimmicks and then he was the champ, bro. It was crazy, man. And I remember seeing that live. You know, like I was old enough to remember that. So wrestling has always been in, in, my, uh, in my family. And at Star K, uh, no, not at Star K, I'm sorry, at Clash of the Champions, it was Ron Simmons teaming up with this unknown named Too Cold Scorpio. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, and uh, they were doing a handicap match with Cactus Jack, the, the Barbarian, and Tony Atlas, I believe. Ooh. And Too Cold Scorpio, for the first time, did the 450 splash. <laughs> I've never seen it before in my life. Yeah. And that was it. Bro. He probably regrets doing that shit now. It's been like <laughs> 30 years. His kneecaps are dust at this point. But he, he still he does still it, bro. Does it. No, no, he I still know. does it, and he does it well, too, man. <laughs> he still so. does it better than half of the fucking guys. And he was, he's like twice the size of most of the guys that pull that move off now. He's a genuine heavyweight. Yeah, legit 230, 240. Wow. And, and uh, he did it at a time when no one else was doing it. And it was just, it was crazy. And people for me. were See, afraid to take it. They never seen some shit like that before. Right. Yeah. People were iffy about that frog splash. <laughs> they said, you going to rotate with that shit? Hold you know, on. we were, we were uh, tape collecting and tape trading. Yep. So when I found out about like RF video and stuff like that, I started seeing all these different things. That was the only way to really see, you know, wrestling footage. You had to be, you know, deep, deep. Deep in the wrestling scene to like want to see all this other stuff. So yeah, I was telling a story on the podcast that when the network got released, uh, it was released on my birthday around what's that 2013, I right? Think? And I I bought you know the day of obviously I bought the network and my mom calls me on the phone. She goes, "Hey, I heard about this network. Did you get it?" I was like, "Yeah, I got it. I got the network, of course." And she goes, "Okay, so what do you want to do with the 300 fucking tapes sitting in my house right now?" Because <laughs> I had I had fucking Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views, yeah. like every one of them taped, so it's like three or four years. I got the whole Attitude Era on VHS in this bitch's house, and she's like, oh, you got the network, that's cool, you can see all that shit, great. What do you want to do with all this shit in the yeah, back here? Nah, it's you can't get rid of up. that, man. You can't get rid of that. You gotta and keep she got that, rid bro. of half of it by now, but no, I'm trying to prolong. I have like one No Way Out 2001 or something, I'm like <laughs> holding on to like for dear fucking life. But yeah, so you had that moment, I mean, you right. saw these matches, you had that moment, you said, man, shit, uh, this is what I have to do. Uh, I have a very pivotal follow-up to that because mm-hmm. I remember when I had my moment, the first thing that I did, I said, man, I, I want to do this. How do I do this? I'm looking online and they're like, well, you got to go to school. I had no clue at that time. It was like 98, 99 that they had schools for this shit. So I was like, right. oh, this is great. And I was living in uh, Connecticut at the time. So, I mean, this is like 98, 99. There's right. fucking nothing. There's like no fucking nobody. There's nobody. Right. I mean, you got Rods in New York. Who I contacted, I, I shared this story. Rods was expensive back I in the days, bro. I share this story all the time. I would have paid Rods, but I went to the Rods gym. I think it was like 99, and he looked at me and said, ah, too small, pa. <laughs> I'm too small. I said, okay. So then I heard about CZW had a school around right. that time. I said, okay, I'll go over there. They would have taken my money, but I had no transportation. It was just big ordeal. The right. bottom line is that I get trained so way after the fact. Right, right. Who who trained you, and how did you go about finding the information about this training? So we, me and my brother and my friends had like this backyard federation. You know, we I were think we all did at one point. Facts, one dude. Back. It's the way. It's the way people <laughs> who loved wrestling they they found a way to do it. It's an outlet. At any place, any opportunity. If you were a real wrestling fan, you were trying to wrestle somebody. You know what yeah. I mean? So we used to do matches in our apartment. And at that time, like AOL came out, 
So I, I did like a, a search on AOL uh, looking for uh, other wrestling companies because like we were trying to join a wrestling <laughs> company. The same system too. <laughs> Dude, that's what it was, man. So uh, I found this guy named Darren Quick. He, um, he wrestles by the name of Devious. He had a, a fed called TCW. Okay. And they ran out of this school called the Doghouse. Oh, yes. The yeah, infamous Doghouse. Yes, yes, the infamous Doghouse. So we linked up there, and then we uh, we ended up starting our own wrestling company called SEX, which stood for Sports Entertainment Explosion. This That's was like, what it stood for. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. <laughs> no, they, I get it. Just like TNA. All right. We get this, was in the, this was in 99. No, this was in 2000. You guys were ahead of the curve. I got you. Oh, yeah, TNA big time. didn't do it for like three more years. Yeah, dude. No, for real. <laughs> <laughs> so then Homicide saw us, um, and he right. took, uh, at the time, I guess a lot of the guys from the doghouse were going up into the indies, and they needed to, like, replenish the the roster on the bottom, you know what I mean? And he saw a lot of guys that had potential, and he, and he asked to train us. That was me, Casey Blade, All Money is Legal. Uh, Devious, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a lot. Of, it was a, uh, a how good much cast of this of was in existence there? Were you still six three? Were you? I was six three, but I was one seventy. There you go, <laughs> La Flaca over here. Yeah, dude, real skinny, bro. But I hit hard, bro. You know? Oh, okay. You had well, you to. Had you had to. I was gonna say, yeah. yeah if you're in the doghouse and you made it at one hundred and seventy pounds, you was a hell of a motherfucker. Yeah, man. So then Homicide just started training us, and and a few months later, we got the opportunity to be on. His shows, okay. which ran every uh, weekend. Okay, weekly. so you were getting yeah, it was weekly. So you were getting Experience four. the crazy. I um, guess. Yeah, you were getting to work four times a month, which is more than some guys are working now that are on the indies. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got to hustle for those dates now. And you were in the school. It, it was it was a different time. We were in the school pretty much every day or or close to every day for a few hours training on on everything homicide. If if I didn't have homicide, bro, I'd be in deep trouble right now. It's so man. funny because the, uh, and I and I plan to have him on the show. I've already spoken to him. Yeah, I, yeah. I plan to have him on the show, and I I want to tell him. Um, it's so funny that you bring it up because this was when when you met how two thousand two thousand two thousand yeah. And he influenced your career, and mm-hmm. you fast forward two thousand eleven. He's influencing mine. Without him, um, a lot of the shit that I'm doing now wouldn't have happened. Yeah, dude. And I give him that credit all the time. It's like he was the one veteran. And you probably have a similar story. He was the one veteran that went, yep, him. He's good. I, I can work with that. And yeah. we'll just figure it out from He there. saw something in all of us, you know, when, when you're coming up. He's got up. an eye because he does that a lot. He, <laughs> has, a lot of guys. He, has an, he has an eye and he's very intelligent. And, you know, you talk about me getting a bad rep. I feel like sometimes he gets perceived as this thug character, but that's his gimmick, you know? I make jokes about him. I tell him all the time. I said, you're in your Muhammad Ali phase. Right. And what that is is that in Muhammad Ali's younger career, he was vilified. People forget that. He was actually probably more hated than loved, uh, depending on the community no, you were sure. in. Yeah. And then as he got older, everyone just started to love him because they finally realized what it is that he stood for and all that stuff. And I, so I look at Hamas, I tell D all the time, I said, you're in your Muhammad Ali phase right now. Right. Now everybody loves you now. Everyone <laughs> wants to be. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's <laughs> Jeter right now, bro, yeah. for real, you know? But they, but he deserves that. That guy paid his dues, and he was everywhere, and he's done a lot of great things for this business that people Absolutely. don't even realize. The crop of students he brought up, you know what he does, what he did with the doghouse, what he's doing now with his new school, the compound. 
Absolutely. You, you're giving back. That's what it's all about. You, you want to give back to this business as much as possible. Well, let's talk more about his star pupil, which is you. And one of. <laughs> one, one of. of one you're of. not Loki's a star pupil for sure, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the one he latches up yeah, to. Too, yeah, nah, dude. Loki is one of the greatest of all time, bro. Like, he's. He's next level, man. The the stuff that that guy has done in Japan and out here is is crazy. Is there a lineage to this school? I mean, uh, I we say the infamous doghouse, and I'm hoping that because uh, uh, I know there's a, there's people who aren't from New York who listen to this podcast, right? Who who maybe not heard of the doghouse, and and I've mentioned the doghouse a few times just to give backstory on guys like D and you and stuff, and I, I just. There's so many talents that came out of there. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. Because people shit on the New York City scene. He sometimes, was the whole. He he produced like the whole crop of New York guys from like 2001. To I like believe 2005. it. 2005. And you can still give him credit for the stuff because then you guys took that and went to the next level, and then you started teaching all of us. Yeah, for I've sure. I've learned under you. I've learned under KC. I mean, there's just yeah, you know dude. all the guys that came through Loki, Loki. I the very first show that I worked on. The very first show that I worked on was with Key, mm -hmm. and he was in the semi-main, and my job was to go out there. My very first show, they wanted me to cut a promo on the four guys who were in the main event right. for that particular show. Mm -hmm. And it was Shane Douglas, <laughs> Gilbert from Puerto Rico, yeah. Sammy Callahan, and Homicide. And my very first show, my job was, now go out there and shoot a promo on all four of them to make this main event. Huh? Right. <laughs> I was like, uh, Okay. Luckily, right. I can do that, but you know, you don't tell the yeah. first guy that, first time guy that. So you hit a home run, bro. You're good, man. Well, I I, I must have done something right. I'm still here. I'm like, I get the chance to talk to you here. So uh, when you you're in the school now, you're training mm -hmm. uh, the tag team, right? Okay, because I want to get a little. I don't. I don't want to spend all day on the tag team. We got a lot to get to in your current state. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't go through this without mentioning the no, team. No, you have to, bro. Have I, to. If we're gonna tell the story, you got to tell it. Uh, you know. From the beginning, and at what point did they realize? Mm, did they want to push you as a singles? Was the tag team forced well, on no, you? How'd that go about? Not how the tag team. How did you and Casey get together? Me and Casey got together because um, Homicide put us together. He chose for me and Blade to be together. When me and Blade both started, the first day that I met him, we started practicing in the ring. We didn't know each other for shit, you know? Mm -hmm. I gave him a German, like like, a, <laughs> like a, the mark that I am. Like, oh, my first move in the ring, I'm going to give somebody Did you call a it or you just ripped the mark? No, I, call, I, okay. I called it. He <laughs> ate the bump, but we always had, like, this amazing okay. chemistry. When we, when we feuded with each other, we had amazing chemistry, and they saw that. Uh, originally, they wanted me to team up with this guy named Eddie Guapo. That he okay. came from. He came from the the doghouse as well. I didn't have chemistry with him, and me and Blade were good friends. Um, so for me, I always saw him as a better tag team partner um, than the other guy. It ended up working out that way, and um, it, that was an amazing experience. Injuries is what really separated me and Blade the first time because we were running really hard. You know, like we had like a really good oh, run. I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. We when were you're done, hard. I'm about to go into that. Because, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. We were running really hard, and we, you know, we we jumped out of the Indies, you know, running. But we were young, we were dumb, we were partying, you know, we were drinking, smoking, and all that stuff. So we weren't taking wrestling as serious as we probably should have been. If we would have stayed super focused, I think we would have got picked up, a, you know, a long time ago. Because I think the DRS was that great of a team you know we were the to me we were the top heel tag team out here for years bro 
No, I I concur. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. No, for sure. So <laughs> I told her leading up to this interview, I said I, I kind of grew up wrestling, grew up watching him perform with his partner for years. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I thought because I was green at the time and it was new, I didn't really know how the business worked. Right. I was actually scared meeting you for the first time because I'm the product of the rival. I'm a right. product from the other team. Right, and, right. Uh, you know, but that's but, corny because to me in wrestling, there's only the one team. that was the that I got. I learned after that. Well, I, I mean, that, you know, we, we talked off, off, off the record, yeah. you know, beforehand about uh, what you think it is or why people have this perception of you. Right. And I honestly think that majority of the people that have ever spoken about me have never really interacted with me at no, all. No, I, I agree with that. You know yeah. what I mean? Because my, my circle is very, very small, and I've learned to keep it that way because I want to stay out of the corniness. Right. You know what I mean? My, my focus as a performer at this stage of my career, knowing that my... You know, wrestling, thank God, is at this age now where it doesn't really matter how old you are. It, it matters, like, what you produce and what you bring to the table. So I'm hoping that with this run, something like that could really happen. I could get picked up by a major company and, you know, and show my talents on a bigger stage. I don't have time to play around. I'm in training 24-7, bro. I'm training. I'm filming stuff. I'm, I'm shooting promos. I'm, I'm going to get there. Pictures. Yeah. I'm going to get there. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you me, know, that's, let, the, that's we're, we're where speaking, I'm at. We're speaking vague and in generalities here. Let me get specific on how this conversation got started. The drama that you're trying to avoid. Because I've said it on the podcast before. I think that was like episode one or two where I was trying to give my validation. This is what I've done. You know, this is why right. I, I chose to do a podcast. I have some experience in this business and doing this and this. And, I, and no matter what happens and no matter how bad it got and no matter how um, hateful, I think, uh, maybe hateful is the wrong word, but it, it ended badly. The people who started me in this business, and and right. I mentioned it before, Fighting Spirit Wrestling with Joel Maximo and the Maximo family and all that right, stuff. Right, They're right. the ones that brought me in, and no matter how bad it ended, I will always give them the credit for being the one that started me. I I thought I had a great relationship with those people, and well, something that's the went thing. Sour I don't know nowhere. how it went sour because I was there when it went sour, and I don't know how I the have, fuck I it. I have zero idea <laughs> at the time. Here's, here's what I do know: since since we're telling truth to each other, right. You were in discussions at some point in doing said first show, the one that I just mentioned before. Yeah, so I was on. The, I was no, I was originally. On the show. I, if I'm not mistaken, it was the DRS or at least you for sure. On no, it was that DRS first, for sure. Yeah, it was supposed to be you guys and the Maximos, if right. I'm not mistaken. Most definitely. And then somewhere along the line, it became the set, and I went, "What happened?" And then I go, "Oh." Shit went down, drama, the usual wrestling bullshit. I don't know what went down. Nothing ever went down, in my opinion. Like we eight years later, and I still don't know the story because now you're in front of me and you're telling me you don't know either. Well, no, I I know what happened, but I don't understand why it happened. Two of you, yeah, most definitely. Okay. Um, at the time, I was the head trainer at that school, and I was training all the students in the ring. Yeah, for sure, and. I thought that me and him had a pretty good relationship. I thought that we were like really cool, um, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, it like it didn't. It wasn't cool that I was training the guy so much. You know what I mean? Like I was the one in the ring the majority of the day, like training people. Because you started winning the boys over. He wasn't in the ring, so correct. The attachment goes but to the, the trainer but, always. But the you know, but the thing was at that time was that he needed to focus on just opening up the school. He asked me to come down and help him. Right. This is your school, brother. Like, I would never disrespect anybody that welcomed me into their doors. I was 
raised right. You know right, what I'm but saying? hindsight 2020, everybody who ever had heat or any kind of problem with that place, we all know that it was Mrs. Maximo now. It wasn't, For sure. We know that now. I think but I thought I had a moment. very good relationship with her as well. She was really nice to me. I never had, I can honestly never say that I've had a bad situation with them until the, the show. What, what happened and why all of a sudden we went from being booked on the show to not being booked at all. So I was at the school helping train and everything was normal. I go, I go home and I start talking to Joel and he's calling me. He's like, yo, bro, I can't give you and Blade uh, you know, our pay on the show. He's like, I can't pay you your normal pay. So I go, okay, bro, it's cool. You're my boy. Like, I don't give a shit about right. that. Like, would have been nice, I wrestled, but I know it's I wrestled first for show. people for free before. Like, and it's, it's his first show. You're trying to help a friend out, right? Yeah. I don't care about the pay. Don't worry about it. So he's like, oh, okay, bro, cool, cool. So like 10 minutes later, he calls me back. He's like, yo, bro, I can only pay you 100 on the show. I'm like, Each? okay. Yeah. Or, come on, dude. Who cares? Yeah. Okay. No problem, dude. I don't care. Right. 10 minutes later, it's, I can't have you on the show. And I could probably fill in the blank for you on that one because he probably said that from the bottom of his heart and he probably meant it. Right. And then he went back to back right. to the living room right. and they started going over the budget and she went, oh, I'm not giving these fucking guys $100. Because I used to see her physically do that in the office. She's I like, don't really ah, care about that. Yeah. I would have worked for him for free because I, I thought we were cool. But the, the way that that situation was played out was the only situation that I ever had with Joel. That was my very first show and my first wrestling experience. Mm -hmm. And flags up the wazoo. You got dropped. All right, that's a little odd, but personal business. They know each other. Red got dropped because it was supposed to be Red versus Low Key. Right. Went, okay, that's weird. Lost the license. Okay, what's happening? Like, even, Yeah, I didn't even follow the, anything that happened with after, them after, I know, after were, that situation. You were first. You were the first red flag. Yeah. And then every a fucking domino in the world fell out. But there was that. no reason for that because at any point in time, he could have been like, yo, bro. And I'd be like, yo, my dude, like, we're good, my nigga. Like, right. don't even worry about that. I'm not that type of dude. And the people that really know me, really know me. They understand that, like, I'm a very thoughtful person, and I like to help people as much as humanly possible. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's it's part of my nature. That's what I really do. My my problem is, I think a lot of people are marks to the gimmick. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where they watch it, and their their perception is, oh, this guy Negro's a dick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I get and, it. And I don't interact with any of these people, and I'm a heel online because I believe in, in kayfabe, and, and I want to, mm -hmm. you know have this perception out there that I'm a heel. Right. I want people to dislike me. That's my job. If Then I'm not a heel then. I'm not a bad guy if that's not what I want to do in my career. Like, they're, you know, they say that a lot of heels nowadays, they want to be the cool heel that everybody likes. Yeah, they get cheered now. I don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know and you it's not to be, And it's not to be an asshole or anything like that. It's just... My job is I want to be I want to differentiate myself from everybody else, right? Because at the end of the day, then I'm just like everybody else if I do it the traditional way. Yeah. I'm you know I'm I'm trying to create uh, tension on social media, but not in a hateful way, but in a way to for people to see that it's my character. 
but I guess people believe that, you know, like they don't realize that I'm a family guy and I'm, I'm a good friend and I'm a brother, you know, it's, it's, it's out of this world sometimes, but I appreciate it, you know. I tell students all the time when I, when I meet with students or with schools, <coughs> I tell them all the time, I said, you can fit in with the crowd and it won't get you in trouble, but the crowd doesn't get signed. Right. You can't sign the whole crowd. Right. It's got to be that one person or maybe even two or three that stand I don't out. Even think, I don't even feel that what I'm doing is wrong. We, you know, unfortunately, right now, we just live in a society that is very sensitive on all fronts. <laughs> all fronts. We, like, we, can't, we can't even converse about anything. And that, that might be one of the nine things you randomly ask me later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's, that's the world that we live in right now. So for me to push the envelope the way that I'm doing it, it's... it's I'm trying to do it in an intelligent way. Absolutely. I'm not trying to inf- uh, uh, offend people. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that people will genuinely appreciate the, the art form of being a real heel being brought back. Which is where, which is where I'm going to go next, because right. we talked about your tag team stuff. That was all great. Uh, 2012, something went down. Right. And there's a blank spot from 12 to about 15. Yeah. Can you elaborate yeah, on what that is? Sure. Is that too personal a thing to ask? I, or what, what, all right, what with, happened? With me and Blade, um, you know, we we got to try out a Ring of Honor, and they, they liked us, but they thought we weren't in good shape, you know? Yeah. And I was at a point in the career with him that um, I, I went to his house. Wait, I just thought about something. You weren't in good shape, but the Maximals got like a year in Ring of Honor before they figured out. <laughs> like, you guys weren't that we different fluctuate. in body we, time. We, we, we fluctuated, though. They were, like, we were at, at different points in better shape than one another. I you mean, know what I mean? Dixie and all these guys. Yeah. I mean, they had some pretty small guys. Oh, they loved us at Ring of Honor. We were, in, we were backstage. We were in all those locker rooms in the okay, beginning. Yeah. But, you know. I didn't think they were body guys at that point. No, they they definitely knew who we were. We did some shots for Ring of Honor and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I I was at a point in my career with Blade that we were either gonna do this together, like for real, or we couldn't do it anymore. It, you you have to make that decision. Like if you really want to. Well, get you described your team as two kids who who really didn't take it seriously, and had we taken it seriously, we would have done more damage. Yeah. Who got focused first? It sounds like it was me. you. Where you were yeah, just me like, All for right, sure. I can't do this anymore. I got forced to get focused though because we were on the tag team run and he got hurt. Oh, so you started doing the single gimmick for a while. <laughs> I I I changed my whole gimmick. I was very scared at the time because You'd been I baby, was a tag wrestler and married I married to him for about eight years at that point. Right. And I was afraid that, you know, what was gonna happen? Was I gonna get booked? Were people gonna give me opportunities? And you know, luckily Mike Morgan, um, when it was AWA and not Ace, um, gave me the opportunity and gave me like a, a babyface singles run, and it went great. And I started trucking as a babyface. Like people, you know, bought into the gimmick change, and I started getting in shape. I took the shirt off. And you, you were know, doing the heel thing then too. I was doing the heel thing before then, but the the whole singles run in the beginning, oh, I was, was a babyface, baby man. Okay. It was dope, man. It was going I very well. See you as a baby yeah, but it worked. I have to see it. I, I trust you. I know you're a pro, but <laughs> man, Jesus Christ, <laughs> to have this guy having the women screaming for him and the men wanting to be him, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. He's well, that a, happens anyway. That happens you, anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, that's yeah. a whole nother. 
That's a whole other. We gotta have to pause that shit for a second and conversate about that. But so you 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 had the run in there about twelve uh, around two thousand twelve. That's mm-hmm. when you really started to realize, okay, it was time for a change, bro. And I said, but um, the change, it, the wrestling stopped. So what was what what type of change were you really? I you, felt like I had to focus on my real life as well. Okay, and I had to prioritize my family and prioritize my my mental health and my my physical health definitely you know like uh i I was in a bad situations man not not drug wise or anything but like with women and stuff like that i was a little out of control at, at that time um I was running hard, like in every aspect. You know what I mean? Because that's running what I was. Hard. No, but that's what it was, <laughs> no, I get it. dude. So no, hey, I listen, to chill. don't dislocate your shoulder, patting yourself on the back. Right? We, get, <laughs> we get, we 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 get it. All right, you were a bit of a lady slayer in the, uh, the back uh, then, back in the day. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> so you you had a lot of things you needed to work on. It was a lot of personal stuff right. going on. But I wanted to prove the blade get, more than anything get, that he needed me because. To, to okay, me, so there was like a little, a little. Sure, because was the there issue, any heat or it was just no, just, not heat. Just like, yo, dude, we have to get on the same page. We have to do this for now, for for real. Mm-hmm. You know, like back then, you know, the old the old thing back then is if you were below thirty, those that was the only opportunity that you had to get signed. After thirty, you can't get signed no more. That was that was a thing years ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and it changed over the last few years. Thank the Lord that it changed, you know. But um, I wanted to get serious and give wrestling one real run. And there was a lot of things that happened, you know. Like, I, I felt like he didn't defend me as much as he should have at, at certain points in time in our, in our tag team. And like, you're not speaking out of school. This is stuff you've already talked to KC about. Yeah, for sure. He knows He knows the deal, man. And... and um, I, people would talk shit to him about me, and he, I felt like he didn't respond the way that he should have responded. He didn't have the back that the back that the, I would have. Yeah, right. Because I'm, I'm about it, bro. You know, like I, when, when it's for my team, I, I'm about it, man. Because you left about 2012. 2012 right. is the year where I split from the other guy and finally hit the scene, and now I have to fend for myself and get my own bookings and stuff. Right. And I did like a large quantity. Is he going into the hall? I did a large quantity of, uh, of of shows with KC. Right. I met KC first before I met you. Right. And I, I was doing ICW shows, and I was doing all these different things with him while you were, you were on your hiatus. Right. So, And one of the things that I used to ask him all the time is, <laughs> Where, where's your tag partner? Because I, I always saw him as a tag guy. I always saw you as a tag guy. Right. Yeah, that's what And the when you was. came back in 2015, you had a completely different focus. It was visible. It was a completely right. different Negro. Even when you guys did those little reunion shots like you did for ICW when they had that one. Yeah, but I wasn't in a good place at that point either, man. Like, I, right. I kind of let myself go physically. I, I came back. Like, okay, if you're going to take time off in wrestling, you have to come back looking different or the return doesn't mean anything. There has to be something different about you. Right. So for me, it was to be in shape physically to looked the part of a singles guy because I kind of knew that that was the route that we were going, you know. Um, he was hurt at the time. We were going we were gonna to do one more run together and see what we could do. Because at that time, like, the hit squad was back and other tag teams were back. Things that, matches that we never got to really have. The New have. York scene needed you again. <laughs> I mean, I, I did. I, yeah, man, it would have been awesome, bro. And, like, EYFBO was coming up and... and um, 
Well, you know I have history with from the very beginning. Yeah, man, they're they're awesome, bro. You know, I'm I'm happy for their success. You know, like it, it's awesome to see that because I, I saw it from the beginning, legitimately. The only you know? royalties on that name, I'll get to them in in due time. But <laughs> go ahead, because that, that I don't know if you know the story. They uh they pitched it. Uh, I'm gonna repeat myself when they come on, but fuck it. But they 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 pitched. It, they were not supposed to be a team. As a matter of fact, the story goes is that Joel didn't like drastic. Right, right, right. And he was actually letting him go. No, he told his ass not to come back. He did. He did. And uh, Drastic had a plane ticket to go to Puerto Rico. And if it wasn't for a phone call from a buddy, like a three-hour phone call, he would have left the business. Right. So he came back to the Lutus and said, fuck it, I'm just going to train or whatever. And he won the good graces back. And they pitched an idea about being a team. So they said, cool, you can be a team, but we need a name. And they came up with EYFBO, which we all know now is entertaining your fucking balls off. Right. But that's not. they, they pitched it to him, and he went, that's dumb. That's stupid. I don't like that. Pick a different name. So they sat in the Lutus for like a fucking day trying to come up with a different name. And I right. spoke, and I sat with Joel, and I was writing the card out, and he put, he said, put EYFBO, but I don't like that fucking name. I said, what's wrong with the name? He said, entertaining your fucking, bo-. people are not going to understand that. It's too much. I said, really? It's too much? It's right. five fucking words. It's too much? <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, what do you have to, you're, just, you're literally just right. putting them together now. What can you possibly lose? If it doesn't catch on, you change the fucking name. Right. Just, you know, just, DRS just, just to shut them up, just give them the fucking name. Me and Blade weren't originally the DRS. We were the Deadly Venoms in the beginning. <laughs> the Deadly, okay, that's breaking news for me. I didn't hear yeah. that fucking shit before. The breaking venoms. No, the deadly venoms. Deadly, excuse me. Deadly venoms. And then one day I was watching uh, Nitro at my house, just regular Monday night watching Nitro. And on TNT, this commercial came on with Steve Martin for the Dirty Rotten Scoundrel movie. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was it, bro. I was like, that's our name. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And yeah. it was history from then on. So you come back in 2015, you have a brand new focus. And we were just talking earlier about you're a tag team guy. That's yeah, what you sure. were for forever. That's what Casey was. Even I, even I felt guilty of it. Or I just saw these guys as tag. Team. I mean, it didn't help that Casey would come out with the DRS gear. Like he would have, like he yeah, would, he, he would, would have the DRS gear, DRS gear and all that stuff. So you come back in 2015. I see you as a tag team guy. The right. world sees you as a tag team I, guy. I saw myself as a tag you, team guy, too, because I, I love tag team wrestling. when you came back, you didn't. You had a different focus. Thing. Right. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure now that I'm hearing the story, you heard you had that baby face run, and while short, was meaningful. Oh, it was definitely you meaningful. You went back into this going, I know that if this DRS thing doesn't work, I can rock the singles. Now, you right. had a little bit more confidence, and that's what I want to ask you about confidence. Mm-hmm. Because we all have this image of you as a tag team guy. Right. But somewhere along the line, you made the change first in here. You, yeah. In, in your mind, you made the change. I'm going to be a singles guy. So you had the. I was talking with you know my you trainer had and an stuff. Unbelievable task of convincing people who've watched you for over a decade that you're no longer whatever it is you were before. You're this guy now. So where where was that click when you finally said fuck it? I'm going full board. It was hearing it. It was hearing it from from people. You know, like talking to my brother, like, come on, man, you're a fucking bum if you don't do this. You know, like, that's how I'm your brothers well. are. Yeah, man, because my brother believed in me so much. And he would always tell me, yo, dude, when are you going to go back to wrestling, man? Come on, man, cut the shit out. I, I was off for like two and change. Yeah. And, um, but I followed everything. Yeah. Because you have to. And, and you know, you want to see, I wanted to see Blade do well, but he had to do well on his own. So it was like, I would get the heat. 
from being the the bad guy of the team and everybody would think Blade was, you know, Blade is the man, you know, he's super cool. But then I'm the one contacting all the promoters and, and you know, trying to get us bookings and stuff like that. I wanted him to do the same as well. Because imagine if two people are attacking at the same time, you know. Oh, imagine if two people are attacking and you're doing it at the same time. You're going to get on a real run, you know. Yeah. And that's, that's what I wanted for the t- I wanted the tag team to do everything the right way. Like, yo, we got to train together. We need to travel together. You know, we need to go in, like go into this tag team run for real this time if we're going to do this. Right. And it, it didn't seem like that was going to happen. So this was the point now where you just said, you know what, I'm going to have to take a risk. Yeah, man. So, so in the beginning stages of it, because now, I mean, now you could you go on YouTube right now, check out all your shit. It's yeah. an e- you're an easy sell now. Right, so right. This is what I do. These are my promos. Before all this fucking content came out, you had to start. So at what point, I mean, not at one point, excuse me, how difficult was it for you to now condition these promoters to say, hey, listen, I'm not in a tag anymore. I'm doing my own thing. This is what the gimmick is. You know, because I'm pretty sure, again, everyone saw you as a tag team guy. But I, but I amongst promoters, I think I had a pretty good reputation, you know, as a as a, as a good worker, right. a solid worker. And, you know, we we never had bad matches, you know, like we, we the way me and Blade would call our matches, they were to people's strengths. You know, like when we saw that someone couldn't do a specific thing, we just wouldn't do it. And we just tried to simplify everything and, and make it as clean and, and as crisp as possible. So I knew how to call matches and stuff like that, you know. It's just, it's just one of those situations, man. You know, I, I don't get why the per, the perception of of me has been that. But mm-hmm. how did you sell people on the gimmick, though? The King of New York. Like, well, oh, it's is... a, it's a shoot. Like people got like that. People were offended that I was calling myself the King of New York. But <laughs> yes, they were. There was a laundry list of guys that were saying, "This guy's the King of New York." I don't hear a lot of that chatter now, but in the nah, beginning, yeah. man. I mean, I. You, if you're gonna come back and you're gonna come swinging, you got to come swinging hard. And I knew that I had to do something to stand out right away. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I couldn't put myself in position to just be that guy that just started on random shows and people didn't really know that I was there. You, you kind of have to create your own, your own aura about yourself. One thing that I'll say that I think makes a lot of sense, and I think if people heard it from somebody else, they would probably respect it more. Mm-hmm. But the only person that could push you in professional wrestling is you. Mm-hmm, and that's how, that's from the get, like how you market yourself, how you, how you push yourself, how you put out your content, everything. You're the one that's literally and figuratively creating your own image, you know? So I took that matter into my own hands, and I I saw different wrestlers utilizing um, social media in ways to to garner a lot of attention quickly. Absolutely. And I'm going to ask you about that, too, because it's it's the dagger and the sword. It's like, you know, you you debuted during a time where we didn't have all that. Right. I mean, we didn't have you, you didn't have the ability to, and you mentioned uh, you know, you didn't have the ability of social media and Facebook and Twitter. And you said during this time period when you were a fan, there was a lot of tape trading. It wasn't a whole lot of indie tape trading. No, nah, not really. Point. RF no. really started that. He would RF come out with the best yeah. of the indie tapes and then you were starting to slowly see 
what these great talents in other territories were doing because back then it was still kind of seen as territories. You no. couldn't just you couldn't just follow it on YouTube or, or yeah, sign if up for it. you listen to the WWE, they'll tell you the territories ended in the early 90s. They really didn't. <laughs> right. No, they didn't. I, I can make the argument there's still territories here because I've traveled to different parts of the country where they would look at me and say, oh, okay, he's the Northeast guy. It you would know, be seen as territories legitimately if people just worked together more instead of... Everybody wants to be Vince McMahon. Well, yeah, if you if you see that together, a, a unit of 10 people will be able to move that chair and table quicker than one person. If you had that mentality, then it would it would be more successful, but everybody wants to do it on their own. They don't trust people. You know, <laughs> Shady it's stupid, though, because... Back then, the territories worked perfectly. Right, but the only reason why I would disagree and say that it's not stupid is because too many marks are in the business. Right. And, and if, had it been left up to the people who are actually trained and professional and can do this legitimately, who came from setting up chairs to eventually getting the book, that would be different. But we got guys now who do, they cash their W-2 checks, man, and they're, that's it. They're in the business all of a sudden, and that's <laughs> it. They're done. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys that you've worked for, a lot of guys that I've worked for in this city that right. do stuff like that. And it's it's rampant. So I, to a degree, I agree with you. If we had a system of people that we can trust, it's perception versus reality. Like at right, the end yeah. of the day, if if people are on the same page and they perceive it a certain way, that's what everybody in society is going to see. Could you imagine an, an NWA commission now in two thousand? That'd be so dope, though, man. <laughs> it would be people don't realize how dope it would be for the wrestlers in the independents right now because you would have the these fans. avenues to travel in a better way and get more experience. You know, stay in the territory for right, a few months. Right, but it would also be dope for the fans. Yeah, for sure. Because they're going to get better quality shows. The reason I always tell this all the time, the reason why money is down is because there's too many crap shows. Right. If, if people paid their hard-earned money and got decent shows on a full-time basis, we'd be back. Originality, like, for 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 me, my, my perception is, is that what's old could definitely become new again. Right. And it's all about when you pull the trigger on it or, or how you do it. I'm an old-school heel. I'm just a to me I'm just a heel that sticks to the script. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't really show guy. that side. Yeah, just to be the bad guy, you right. know, and to be hated. Like you think I really want to be like hated in real life? No, man. I'm I'm down to earth. I'm cool. I think I'm a pretty funny guy, you know? You don't know you don't want that, but in funny. but in wrestling right. you want that ten trillion percent. I want the heat. I want for people to get annoyed with what I'm saying. That's my job. And you're you're one of those people I call them mark identifiers, right? Because you can tell in the locker room who the mark is when they bought into the gimmick out there. And they're like, oh, he's a piece of shit, right? What did he do to you? Well, I've never really met him, but I just know he's a piece of shit. <laughs> right. He's like, I don't understand. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, we haven't shared dude. a single locker room together. But I was on Twitter the other day, and, <laughs> and this guy, at 140 characters or less, was able to shit on this guy's entire identity. <laughs> so I'm assuming he's an asshole. Though that's it, he's right. an asshole. So. Um, I've I've worked with you a few times over the years. You and I have never had a beef. We've spoken um, privately on a lot of situations. For sure. And um, you had a hand in creating something here in New York. Mm -hmm. And that would be BCW, Bree Combination Wrestling. Right. You had a little bit of a hand in that at the beginning. And then, poof, something went down and no longer a part of that. There was a 16-minute video that went out. <laughs> and you told the... You told the life story about it, and 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 no, I was just real about it because if I don't care if people don't like me or if people like me, right? But no one's gonna tell me that I'm not real, bro. Okay, I call it like it is, like, and you and, called it like it was for a quarter of an hour, <laughs> and, and you know, 
but because I, I saw needed the whole video, I was driving. Dude. I needed to see. I needed to say it, bro, because <laughs> it was so it was so wrong what was done to me and the perception and like what people people listen to what other people say more I'm than ask listening you the question, to. Who you lied to. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, come on, man. It was supposed to be this, and then it turned out to be something right. Else. Yeah, it was. It was. It was shade ball, but the. You know, God bless them, man, and you, you want to see everybody do well. Well, you returned at one point. You made an appearance. And they shitted on me again. <laughs> Business-wise, you know, uh, right. money-wise, we, you know, having an agreement as to how much you're going to get paid, and then day of, you're like, hey, I'm going to give you one quarter of that. No, man. No. Like, I, no, I can't do that for you. You did me dirty once, you know, and I'm trying Especially to... Write- you have a history already of, you know... Yeah, the history, the, the history was simple, man. At the end of the day... You know, I'm very passionate, and when I believe something, I believe something. And that could be to a fault sometimes because we're all human and we all have specific traits about ourselves. But I, I feel like I'm an intelligent enough guy to know when something's right and when something's wrong. As as being, and, and, and like, this is my assessment of that. As a wrestler, you, especially with someone who's been doing it for as long as you have, right. you're trained mentally to give trust. Yeah, it's man. It's not something that uh, that comes lightly because you're very selective, especially now in this portion Correct. of your career. But it's your basic training to give trust and and all. That well, stuff. no, I was, I a, thought, you know, I lived my life as a Christian for a long time. I, I I'm not living my life that way currently, but I I did for a. Or when a, you was digging out all those females. Yeah, I I went I went back and forth into it, but I you know. I know right from wrong, bro. Like right. I know how to treat people with respect, and I know how to give respect to people. And I was raised by a great family that taught me right from wrong and to do good by people, and good things happen to you. And I went into those situations with those intentions, and for whatever reason, people want to listen to the 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 whispers in the wind. You know, the people just chattering. Oh, don't trust Negro. You know, Negro did this. Oh, Negro. But what did I do, and and who did I do it to, and and if you're you're such a man, why don't you say it to my fucking face, bro? Like instead of, you know, being so uh, secretive and sneaky about like how you want to do things, you know, it's not cool, man. Like I, I'm I, I I'm I'm real, and I and I call it the real way, bro. And uh, the situation with that is that they just didn't want me being the booker anymore. You know what I'm saying? Okay. At, but the company was getting a lot of buzz in the beginning. The houses were going up every show that I was involved with. And people were invested in the talent that we had because we were taking all the good young talent and giving them the opportunity that other companies weren't giving them at the time. Okay. Didn't That wasn't the vision that they, they wanted. So we, we parted ways and it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because it got me super focused, you know? And made me realize what I had to do to persevere and not have that situation happen to me again. Absolutely. So, uh, you you've been the king of the New York now for two, two years, yeah, about two years strong. You did a little bit, a little bit. Um, see more of the traditional stuff with you because you took the break. You came back. You did a few shots with uh, Casey Blade as the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. You did right. it again, but you were already kind of starting the king gimmick, right? And then you turned heel on Casey. You did the whole right. t- former tag team well, matchup thing when I Because we were originally supposed to legitimately team up that night, and then they replaced them with Derange. And I wasn't even happy that they replaced them with Derange, to be honest with you. 
I also have a history with Reese. Because I, I wasn't that, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of his. Like, we used to be very cool, but he was another one that was a real dick to me on, the, you know, talking crap about me and shit like that. And I and I never really did that You're to one him. of the majority, apparently. Right. <laughs> when it comes to the rain. Yeah, so, that's like. That's real cool, though. <laughs> that's my guy, bro. As is the man. Yeah. No, he knows. He knows. As he knows how much I love him, bro. That's my dude, bro. That We've been friends for, for 17 years, bro. That's my guy, bro. I absolutely know it. So you're doing the King of New York thing, and I'm sure in the beginning of the whole thing, it was kind of a risk. You were you were taking a bit of a risk. I mean, you were known for one thing. I mean, yeah, sure, but you got to, you, you know, in any aspect of life, if you're not going to believe in what you're doing 100%, don't do it. So there was never that worry or fear of, like, this isn't going to pan out, this isn't going to work out. It was just pretty much figuring out what formula would work and how to do it the you know the right way to to, to get it to really pop off you know I right but that's your that's your mentality that's your side of it I'm telling you as a third person who was in the business at right. the time when you made this switch the reputation is he's an asshole right right and then you develop this gimmick called King of New York <laughs> right simultaneously this happens it's like you have a reputation of being a dick and then you create a gimmick where you're a dick so all those marks who were already buying into the gimmick in the first place right. when they thought you were a dirty rotten scoundrel for real they're now up oh, more of this negro shit yeah. so in my mind it goes there's no fucking way this guy's this guy's gonna get any bookings right now he's doing it on his own at least the team was established before the dickhead reputation started right now okay he's a dickhead but now he's going singles that's why, to me, I'm just speaking third party. But you can clarify for right. me. To me, it seems as a person who is familiar with trying to go out and get bookings and expand, it just seems like, like for me, it's hard. And I have a good reputation. You had an asshole reputation, and you get more bookings than I get. <laughs> so how is that? How does that transition work for you? Or it's like because people right. see who you really are when you're dealing with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. There you go, and there it is. And you have like, conversations with people, and like, wow, this guy's a really nice guy, you know? Yeah. Like, he's like pretty Tommy cool. Lee, like Tommy Lee Jones said, uh, people, people are smart. A person is dumb. You get, listen, at the end of the day, I'm one of those people that I get vibes off of people relatively easy. Like, I know if a person's being genuine or not being genuine. It's just, you know, it's common sense and common instinct, you know? So I, I affiliate myself with people that are cool, man. And... That's what's been happening on this run. Like everybody that I've been dealing with has been really nice, have given me opportunities. With Pro Wrestling Magic that you said you wanted to talk about, it was supposed to be a one shot deal. Like right. they saw me at. Thanks that. for going past my setup, but yes, I, I got you, to brother. Come on, man! <laughs> you told me what you wanted to talk about. I wanted to segue. You're this not is we're segueing in the segue. Negro way. Because I was going to say, I was going to say that as hard as it was for you to get started, it's always nice and a confidence boost for a singles wrestler to have a company put that back on you. Yeah, it for only sure. takes the one, and then after that, all the dominoes will fall into place. Right. And Jerry over at Pro Wrestling Magic obviously guy, put his, uh, his immense faith in you. You're a two-time Pro Wrestling yeah. Magic Heavyweight Champion now. Now you're you're not representing Tag Team Gold anymore. Now it's you with the spotlight on you for the uh, with the Heavyweight Championship on you. Talk to me now about that transition because now you got the gimmick going. You're doing singles, but now you're the champ. You're the representation of this company. Right. So how did that change? I, I felt like 
observing that specific company that they never had a champion that really talked about being the champion. You know, like I'm a firm believer that when a company puts its faith in you and they give you the opportunity to be the guy because you have the championship, you know, whatever, um, that you should show it all the time. Right. Like, I'm the fucking champion, dude. I'm the champion. Right. Me. Because it's up to each individual wrestler to make the championship mean something. And if the fans believe that your championship actually means something, they're going to care when you lose the belt a lot. They're going to care when you cheat to win. You know, they're going to be heavily invested in you, and it's going to make your product get better, and it's going to make more people come into the seats. So the concept was, you know, they're giving me the opportunity. I'm going to go in there just talking about the belt every day. You're all over social media with the belt. Your default picture is the belt. Everything is the belt. The belt, the belt, the belt. Yeah, because That's you want to make it mean something, you know. That's my belief anyway. But is it, is it twofold? Is it not just a belief in what you feel as a wrestler, but is it also kind of a thank you and homage to Jerry and, and the people who run pro wrestling magic is, listen, I know you put your faith in me. I'm going to fucking run with this. Yeah, as much as possible because, it, you know, I know that people were iffy on doing it. Some people wanted to do it. Some people didn't. You know, sometimes... When you have a booking committee, it's very hard for everybody on the committee to get on the same page due to the fact that there's eight different opinions or seven different opinions. Whereas if you're a booker of a company and it's one opinion, you don't have to really worry about that. That person has faith in you and they're going to let you run with it. The situation, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. You know what I mean? I got the opportunity and I felt like the way that I was originally booked was really shitty. And I made the best of those opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was the one creating my mm -hmm. presence on social media. Right. Like you, like you say in wrestling, um, don't, you're, the, you're the best person that could promote yourself. Right. I, I felt like they weren't giving me the, the, the name guys that I wanted, you know, at the time when I was the champion, where other people in the company were, were getting those opportunities. And they weren't the main guy on the bill. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. your world championship should mean everything. That's that's what any company... The top guy should be facing another top guy. Right. A, a to, you know, a top guy or, or top a, a relatively good guy. You know what I'm saying? Because it right. doesn't always have to be that way. Um, sometimes you could just be given the opportunity to wrestle a, a good name that's hot on the indies, and you're very happy with that, you know? Right. I wanted the opportunity for myself to prove that I could work. Right. I don't want people to have this perception of me that I'm only this loud mouth heel, but, but I could wrestle. You and know? that's a good point. We spoke earlier about your ability to work. You had a reputation of a good ability to work when you were a tag team guy. Yeah, for sure. And now you're doing it as a singles guy. You've been doing this long enough now where, technically speaking, and I don't want to put a timestamp on you, but you're a part of two different generations. Yeah. So do you feel the need to have to prove yourself as a worker now just as much? Every day, as, every as second of the day, every minute in the day, bro. That's the mentality. That's right. For me to get to my ultimate goal, that's the way that I have to think at all times. I have to think, yo, I have to be the best. I want to be the best. I, I got to prove it to everybody. I'm 37 years old, dude. Right. I'm trying to make history right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm trying to do something that not a lot of people have done. I'm trying to get signed right. to a major company at a late age, you know? Right. Not without having that that real name value that a lot of these guys get on the indies before they get picked up by another company. 
Right. No, I get you. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. And, and, and that's another direction that I wanted to go with this because you're doing the whole King of New York thing mm-hmm. and it's going over, to me, it's going over gangbusters because it started off as Pro Wrestling Magic Heavyweight Champion. It has spawned off into all the other things. You're in Rhode Island. You're in Massachusetts. You're in, you know, you're in New yeah. Jersey. You're all over the place now. Can, I wanted to ask you, are you traveling and getting your name out more now than you did when you were DRS? I think it's easier now due to YouTube and all these different things. You have evidence now. You, you put it in front of people. Before, it was like word of mouth. It was I, was, I was a little weird, though. Like When I first started the singles run and being a heel, you kind of want to stick to heel things. So, like for example, if I'd lost a match, I didn't really want to show it on Facebook. You know what I mean? Right. Because I'm trying to put over my gimmick as, as being a heel. I don't want them to see that I, that I ever lose, even though I... I lose all I've the never, time. I have you know? never shared a promoter, uh, shared with a promoter a match where any of my talent lost. Ever. Right. For that same reason. It's just like. You know, you want to give this perception. Like, I want to give this perception that I'm this real, real, like, character, man. Like, right. you know, like, that's 2017, 2018, the, the game changed a lot with reality TV and, you know, how popular social media got with voicing your opinion and stuff like that. And I saw and noticed that a lot of people were using it in a in a very specific way to get a specific message out there. Matt Hardy changed the game. Yeah, he really did. No, with 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 everything that they with he did with from the Hardy compound, and dude. All that yeah. So it was like you gotta people, you gotta people don't really even realize he that. got himself a back, lot of bro. the TNA stuff that was given out was done. I mean, cell phone, personal camera, like a lot of that stuff was like literally like homemade homemade video stuff. Right. That got over. <laughs> with a lot of well, people. No, and it's taking risk, man, and not being afraid to try something different. And, and he revolutionized everything. Like, right now, to me, it's not even about your, your in-ring work as much as it is your persona and your personality and, and how people perceive you, you know? So that I focus on that a lot. And I think sometimes that, that influences the younger generation a little too much. Because you'll say that, and I agree with you, but we're from the old school. Right. So when these kids go on YouTube, they see the Ricochets and the Trevor Lees. Well, it's a different. It's a different type of wrestling. Like, I, I tell the flippy ki- shit. Let's talk about it. Hold on a second. The flippy shit. I'm gonna answer your question right a, now. I'm not a big flippy shit guy. I will tell you this: okay. no matter what school you come from, you're being taught the right way because that school is teaching you that way. Right. I get that. So there's so many different perceptions as to what wrestling is, what it means to people, what wrestling they think is good, what wrestling they think is bad. There's so many different styles that that people like. So I'm not here to castrate that because I would love to be in the opportunities that those guys are in. Right. You know what I'm saying? As being seen as the top in the world. You know, they change the they change the style and the business to make it be loved by a lot of different people and then have a lot of people from the old school with the old school mentality just shit on it, you know, and 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 talk about it in a very negative way. But in wrestling, it doesn't matter. Talk good about me, talk bad about me. No, just talk about me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that... It so it doesn't, it doesn't bother you either way? No, I, I respect it. I just respect it as a different style of professional wrestling. I just think, you know, I enjoy my style of wrestling, which is that old I enjoy hit. your style of wrestling. Right, the old that's school heel. That's why, I, again, I think we're going to disagree on this, but I, I can't stand it. 
I can't. I really can't. Like it physically bothers me. Right. I stopped going. We used to go to Ring of Honor shows. You know, I was a fan before I got into the business stuff. I I, I enjoyed a lot of different indie shows. And, right. And WWE shows, and like stuff like with the Young Bucks and all that other stuff. Like, uh, oh, great. Okay, granted, they're as over as fucking possible. Dude, I watched being the elite, thing. bro. It they they yeah. re- they revolutionized the game. Then, yeah. They're the first guys that are not on you know big league contracts making. A lot of money, bro. That they've turned down. That must be nice to be able to turn those yeah, things. Yeah, man, down. it's special, bro. Like they're, they're they're changing the game for every single person in this business, whether their their style is liked or disliked. To give anybody the opportunity to do that, you know, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Like it's a lot of things being done in this boom that we're we're starting to go through. You know, where wrestling's getting pretty awesome again. We talked about the flippy shit. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on the hardcore shit? Because I don't like the hardcore shit. I respect either. Matt Tremont. I respect. I love you know. Matt Tremont. Matt was the one that turned me around to it. And I'll tell you a quick story because I don't think you know it. Um, I did a. Sh- uh, I used to do the two KW shows. The two KW shows. Up yeah. In the and uh, we had Matt on one of the shows, and he wrestled Ray's on one of, on one of the main events. And before we booked him, we, I was also part of a committee, and his name was pitched, and I did not want to do it. Because I was like, because the only thing I knew about Matt was the hardcore shit. No, he could work. I dude. hadn't seen him do the work shit yet. But that's what I'm talking about. Just with even myself, it's about being put in those opportunities to excel and do different things. It, right. It, you know that that's what it's all about. If you if you book somebody in a specific way, they're gonna wrestle a specific way. Exactly. Exactly. And I learned my lesson big time. Hardcore yeah. wrestling, I respect it because it's very hard to do, but it's not my cup of tea. It's not, you know. I, you I stay to, doing what you're doing. Don't get hit in the head. Yeah, this stupid shit. But I, I oh, so, uh, let me just finish this real quick. So, so, so uh, he, his name gets pitched. I'm not really for it because it's the hardcore stuff. They keep pushing it on me, and you know me. I'll give the guy a fucking chance to do anything. So I said, you know what? If he's gonna go in there with Ray's, because I said, well, we can't do we can't do a fucking hardcore match in the building we were in. Right. So I said, why book Matt Streamout? We can't do a street fight in here. Said, no, don't worry about it. He does more than a street fight. The guy can actually work. And da, da, da. I said, if he can fucking work in the main event. Fuck it, let's do it. Right. Right? So we do it. And he comes over, dude, nicest fucking guy on the planet. One of the nicest hu- human beings I've ever <laughs> met in my life, bro. Matt Tremont gets his ass beat and flesh torn off. And but he's people the get to see that. fucking guy of Pe- all time. That's why people don't believe that he's this brutal guy. You know what right, I mean? Yeah, because no, I don't they, believe because either, people yeah. see I didn't who believe he really when is. He first came, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this guy's great. And the whole night, he was watching the matches. He's giving, you know, he was being a real locker room guy. He was talking He's to the guys. He's super awesome, bro. So he goes over the match with Rays. Everything goes over well. They went out there. They had a great match. And, and it was all over. He shook everyone's hand. I mean, the guy was fucking awesome. At the end of that, I went public. It was like, fuck it. I'm not going to shit on hardcore wrestling anymore. Right. If, if hardcore wrestling has guys like that, Fuck it, bro. It didn't let it just be. Dude, Lo- the Low other Life style. Louie, who is a hardcore legend, he's from the dog. I love well. Louie. Louie was another one that I He showed me Louis. how to lock up. He I showed me how to do Louis chain work and everything. I met the Matt Tremont situation. So I, I know I'm like, right. by, by the time I met Louie, I was already okay with it. I was like, this is great. Right, right. And right. Louie's just a character in general. Like, fuck hardcore wrestling. Louie's just that, a character. Bro. One of the greatest people I've ever met in my Makes life. Makes the Louis. most gay, gayest comments on Facebook <laughs> of all time is Louie Ramos. Uh, nah, he's. He's awesome, bro. He's he's hilarious, man. I have a lot of great stories with him, man. Speaking of Matt Tremont being a great locker room guy, uh, you have a bit of a uh, bit of a reputation as being a locker room guy yourself. You're from the old school, and that old school doesn't just carry over into the performance. 
It carries over into the business. Right. Now, one of the things that I always tell people on my podcast is that one of the reasons that I got into the business myself is because I just love the business. Right. My biggest accomplishment to me was being a part of the fraternity. I knew I was never going to be WWE champion. I knew, regardless of how talented I was, I had so many things going on in my life that I wasn't willing to make the sacrifice necessary to get to where I wanted to be. I had made that assessment already to myself. I knew I'd never be a WWE guy. What I wanted more than the fan respect is the respect amongst my peers. I always wanted my peers to be able to look at me and say, that guy belongs in the business. And that was one of the things I always worked and strived for and all that stuff. When you, now that you've been in this business 17 years, right? when you go into locker rooms, and I'm not going to ask you this, I'm going to tell you this because you're sitting in front of me. I've seen it myself. I've had other people comment to me. You take the locker room decorum very seriously. Yeah. I I did a situation on my podcast a while ago when I was talking about the whole sexy star, Rosemary situation, Mm -hmm. where... Uh, I caught a little bit of the heat because I actually defended Sexy Star a little bit because I was just like, I don't know what really happened. Right. I don't know the inside stuff, but as a locker room leader, if what she says is true and something went down and she took her liberties because she's the leader and that's what she's supposed to do, I'm, I co-sign. I go with it because right, right. I like my locker room leaders to take care of that situation. Not only do I know you're stiff in the locker room, but I know you've actually thrown a few hands right. a time or two when it comes to the locker room. Yeah, for sure. So, I need two things from you here. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you believe is the importance of keeping that locker room decorum. Secondly, give me a situation where you had to fucking check somebody. Oh, mad situations where I've had to check I somebody, know, but I bro. I want your favorite one. Where you had <laughs> to check somebody. Well, look, I, I feel like being a, a serious about your craft is very important, you know? And I know for myself that even at this age, my goal is to be able to provide for my family doing this for the rest of my life you know and being heavily involved in this business in in some ways shape or form that's what I want to do and I take it very seriously because the only way for me to be successful is to take it seriously and that should be the mentality of a lot of people I was a a waste for a long time because I never truly reached my full potential I feel you know of what I should have been at a younger age and it took me such a long time to figure it out now. So now I have to be extremely serious when I'm in there because I want to make money and I want to be seen as a businessman. And I want opportunities to work like some of the best wrestlers in the world. I want to prove to my son that if you really put your your heart and soul into something and give it 100%, you could do it, man. You know, it's just about putting in the work and 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 taking it very, very seriously. So that that's why... I mean, I people that chill with me know that I love to joke around. I love to laugh and stuff. But in there, I want the young guys in this business to see that if they want to make money, they got to do things the right way. And your favorite checking? Uh, it's been a lot, man. You know, like, I don't want to really... That, it, it's not even about that. Like, at the end of the day, like, there have been situations where... You know where you're training people and they're not following directions the right way, and you gotta set, you gotta, you gotta put them in place quick. It's too easy to get into this business right now. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't super easy when when I got in, and I know. Yeah, and I tried to get in the same time you fucking got in, and you got in before I did. Right. (laughs) And it was it wasn't easy. Now it seems like there's about four or five schools per state, and they'll take fucking anybody. 
because well, because they, because in a lot of situations they're just literally taking your your money. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah, in absolutely. certain situations, you see that schools are producing great talent and they're being run like a legitimate school. That's that's awesome. You know, that's that's what it should be about. You should be in wrestling school to want to be a wrestler for real, not because it's cool or. You want to tell your friends you're a wrestler on the weekends. You know what I'm saying? Like, take your craft seriously. I'm going to hit you with a question now. I don't know if you thought about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're so focused right now on what you're doing. And you, and you said earlier in the show that uh, your goal right now is to to still get signed. You still want to get signed. Yeah, That's man, still ideally. Your goal. I have two questions. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to hit you with the first one first, and then you can answer. And, and the question is, is uh, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> right. There's a lot of situations where guys who were on the indies get to the WWE, they hit that schedule, and shit goes afoul. Right. Okay? Joe is injured again. Uh, Daniel Bryan was a guy who was infamous and then broke right. that. There's a lot of situations where that schedule gets people. Right. Now, you said... You're 37 years old. You've been doing this for 17 years. You've been doing. I wrestle a, a very smart way, man. Like I wrestle you do differently wrestle than a, a lot very of smart way, but people. I mean, there's no smarter way and no blander, plainer way than what they do on Monday night, baby. Right. And these injuries just occur. Right. It's just what it is. Uh, Paige is going through her situation right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I heard about. There's that. a lot of there's a lot of things. I mean, the injury bug. It just seems like it's becoming more of a real deal. I've situation. been taking care of myself lately, and really taking my my health and my body like serious i'm probably in like the best shape i've ever been in right now but the question the question that i have for you is is that the goal is to get signed mm-hmm. you get signed now we're doing 300 plus days a year on the right. road are you ready for that is yeah, that something man. you've completely thought about where yeah, it's like that? One I mean, that's a commitment percent. level on another fucking planet man I if mean, i get blessed enough with the opportunity to do it for five days i mean it's I'm easier do to it. do it when that check's coming in I nah. know that, but still, I mean, that's gonna that's yeah. a heavy that's a heavy schedule. That's what you ideally want, and uh, you know, getting signed doesn't necessarily mean WWE. It could be NXT. It could be Ring of Honor. It could be TNA. It could be in Japan. It could be, it could be anywhere. You know, I, I want to. I ideally would like to to be in WWE and NXT. But if that's not what's meant to be, then it's it's not what's meant to be. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give it my all for the the time that I'm in. And if I ever get that opportunity, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna pedal, pedal to the metal, man, until I can't no more. You know, that's that's that should be the mentality of anybody in the business, no matter what. You know, I I think I'd be fine. You know, you never know though. That you know, like I go to a show next week and get hurt, but I've been blessed enough in my career to not really get injured and stuff like that. You know, I take pretty good care of myself, and and now I'm dieting like crazy and i'm in the gym like pretty seriously you know so i think i'll be all right man i'm trying to get back on here all right i took a pause for the calls for a second he yes, had a piss I, brother he told yeah, me i had to pee man i had to go use the facilities <laughs> but yes so you said just now you're ready for the schedule yeah for sure to go. the other question that i had for you is is you're 37 years old even if you do get signed you, you're gonna, you're gonna. I know you. You're gonna commit as many years as you possibly can. Yeah, like four or five. But years here, ideally. up here, I'm here. You have a knowledge and experience in this business. You can't fucking buy. Right. Now you have a you have an, a, a skill set and an expertise up here that a lot of people don't have. And quick quick story about myself again. Um, 
I wanted to be a wrestler, and I did a lot of things to be a wrestler. You've seen me physically yeah, for sure. perform. And I always give my all. I always give everything that I can. But the truth is truth. My body can't keep up with this business. My right. body, I've had injury after injury after injury. She's personally been in the hospital, hospital visiting me from stuff. I save my bumps now. It's different, like, for, for me, I was, you know? Uh, for me, uh, I was always the little guy. So it was always, okay, you're going to make this guy look good. You know, bump around. Right. And that's where the injuries happen. You're blessed with six foot three, uh, 200 solid pounds there, brother. I was yeah. gifted with that kind of package. So I had, to, I had to make do with what I had. But luckily for me, luckily for me, I had gifts and talents in other ways. I yeah, talk, for sure. I can manage. I can do commentary. I had other ways to be a part of the business, and I'm blessed with that, and, and, and I take that. But for someone like you, I mean, your bum card is practically full at this point. You know, even if you do get signed, I mean, we're, we're talking about another five or six years. Yeah, that's all I would want, man. That'd be which great. Which would take you to a grand total of over 20. I mean, we're talking about 22, 23 years in the business. Do you have a want to still be in the business after the boots are hung up? Are there other things that you have in mind? Yeah, man, that you for would sure. Do? I want to. There's a lot of things that I want to do in the in the next few years. Um, I'd like to run my own school at some point. You know, I think you'd be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would, I think it would be pre, it would be pretty awesome. You know, um, if that's in the plans, that'll that that'll happen. You know, I'd like to uh, I'd like to have my own company. You know, and see what, what I could do with that as well. Finally, uh, have the book with no restrictions. Yeah, you know, like just hey, show the creativity a little hey, bit. You know, <laughs> able to do it for ten minutes and not get any heat for it. You know, you you can vouch for this. I, I said this last week on the Kayfabe show. Was just like fans have, fans will be fans. Fan is short for fanatic. That's a sports term that's yeah. gone back a long time. This is not just wrestling. It's football. And everything. Everything. Monday morning quarterbacks. Everybody has their opinions about sports and, and wrestling. Regardless of how you may the see best it. shows on TV are like first take and and shows like yeah, that where you're they, just getting opinion. All, yeah, and you not know? even uh, we're living in an era now where not even because sports it was forever, but now you can't watch a movie without someone being an expert about it. And this was shitty right. because of this reason. You can't watch a TV show. That everyone's a fucking critic now. And the reason why I, I'm bringing this question to you is now because to me critics are should be people that have experience in doing. I get shit on a lot for that. Well, you don't have to do in order to know. Well, I think it helps. Helps you know, a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. It helps are, more than a there lot. There are coaches man. who never played the sport who are really good. I mean, that's fine. Tom Coughlin never took a snap in his life, but he won two Super Bowls as a fucking coach. That's right. great. But don't fall for the exception over the rule. I always believe, and I caught a lot of heat. I think it was like two years ago, I caught a lot of heat. I said online, as a status, I said but that's a reality. The, the guy, I think people should see that what you're saying is a reality. Like, but but let me get your opinion on this. I I said online, I I said straight up, and I believe this. This is uncensored. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. I said the guy who took the if you're a manager, a referee, a commentator, a ring announcer, whatever the fuck your your job is, right? If before that job you used to take bumps, you have more respect from the boys than the people who didn't. Yeah, sure. Right. Look, at, that's the opinion I want to get because I was getting completely fucking. I was getting bombed by people. You know who was bombing on me though? The fucking people who never took a fucking bump. Right. Those were the people who were bombing on me because they're like, "Well, I mean, I shouldn't lose respect because I never took a bump." I said, "No, you don't lose your respect. Right. If you come to the show and, you, and your job to say is dude, bumping ain't easy, man. There's some people that take one or two bumps and they're done. Bro. And that's, they're that's like, it. They don't right. Want exactly. That. I, I I'll have people like you're a videographer, right? You you film the show, you make me look good. You know, you take all these. I mean, I right. have respect for you, man. You're doing your craft. You're doing your thing. But you didn't bump. The other guy next to you, he took bumps. So it's like the Obama handshake. You get the fist pound, brother, but the other guy gets a regular handshake. You know what I'm saying? Right. I respect you. 
Is it do you as a worker? You've been doing this for 17 years. When you see guys leave the ring into the other realms of wrestling, whether he's promoting or booking or or, or even refing. Do you have more respect for that guy than the guy who just came in off the street and is just doing yeah, the I mean, job? In, in some instances, but it's also how people approach the business. If if you see a genuine respect in, in that individual, then you shouldn't judge him for wanting to be a part of this business and trying to create something awesome, you know? But in most instances, you're going to... You're gonna wanna be in situations where the person you're dealing with does have experience. You get real feedback, real experience, like things that genuinely happened. Uh, a lot of people don't realize how hard this is, man. Like this is not easy, bro. And this is not for everybody. And at the end of the day, pro wrestling is all year round. It's not like another sport where you get months off at a time. You're you're doing three sixty five, even if you're just working on the weekends, you know. You got to get ready for next weekend. You got two yeah. matches next weekend. Twist yeah, that so ankle on Friday. We got to figure out how we're going to make it to next Friday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and pull it off and, and be successful at that so you get more bookings and more opportunities. Yeah, man. That's, I know what you're talking about. I won yeah, tag bro. titles with a hernia. I know exactly. Yeah, man. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. He was there. He knows the night that I, uh, we have General Romero in the house, Georgie. I don't know. You in the house, brother. I'm going to mention you. He was there. He visited this motherfucker. <laughs> he was in that building when I won the tag titles with a fucking hernia. Son. It's, a, it's a real deal. I have uh, but one last question for yeah. you before we get into these raps here. Megalito. Right. What the fuck is up with this guy? That's my guy, what, bro. What the fuck is up with me? I've never heard him speak. Is this that part of the whole deal where he doesn't speak? Well, yeah, that's my hired hand, Miguel. I and everybody knows that he does a lot of things for, for the King of New York. <laughs> he does a lot of things for El Rey all day. Whatever I need done, Miguelito makes sure that it gets done. And it gets done well and in a timely fashion. I don't understand he's, what the issue is. He's, no, no, no issue for me, brother. I've seen him in every promo. I, has he gone to shows? Does he? Come yeah, dude, he, he, he was my, that's my my he's, hired hand. He's with me everywhere. He's you know? the male Miss. He had Elizabeth. off today. He's the male Miss Elizabeth. He's perfect what he does. It doesn't say a goddamn word the whole time. He speaks, he's man. Just there. You know, he, he whispers a lot of things in my ear that people is don't know. Is it like uh, like 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 one of those caddies in ten? He's giving you the. Hit this guy with the hard punch right now. Bro, his his feedback and, and what he's done for my career has been immense. I've been on a great run. Looking for a real manager. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm man. I'm myself. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's doing a great job for, for for me. He's helped my gimmick go to the next level with, I think so his, well, with, yeah. with having his just his presence there alone. You know what I'm saying? And Hired hand. Remember he's that. my hired hand. <laughs> he's great, man. He's he's one of my really good friends in in real life. And uh, has he had any, uh, any other wrestling experience besides doing this? Or? No, because <laughs> he doesn't look shell shocked by cameras and crowds and stuff. No, he's 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 living his dream, man. It's and it's cool that I'm able that he was able to fit the role that I wanted him to do for me, and I was able to help him like live his dream. You know, like he's one of my really really good friends in real life, and. It, Wow, uh, we had an idea. Another that, situation of you helping someone. Wow. Hey. Can we talk hey, anymore about that? Hey. <laughs> I've never helped anybody yeah, in my life. Yo, bro, I've helped so many people in my life. It's right. unbelievable, bro. And you don't hear too many stories about That's how I helped them. That's why we're here, bro. Listen, we got all the history out of the way. Let's talk about that part. Because like right. I said earlier that you've never done anything to me. 
and that's fine. But I've seen you. I physically have seen you right. be positive influences in other on tons of people. Yes, that's the thing. I've I've physically seen it. This is not third party shit. It's not me saying, oh, maybe he's possibly not that bad. No, I've <laughs> literally seen him not be that bad. I Yo, bro, I've him. helped a lot of I mean, people. The in first name off the top of my head, Sebastian Cage. I mean, oh, talking, man. About, talking about taking someone under your wing and teaching them psychology. Uh, I used to bitch to Cage every fucking right. day. Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. You're gonna. Ca- I've wrestled. I'm Cage. still bitching to him. About I've that wrestled stuff, bro. Cage where I'm like, why would you do that? Right. And and and, and then like just time spent with you and and, and I, you're in the same car together and then and talk My guy, bro. Talk to me about the abandonment. Okay, let's talk real quick about the situation where Cage the Cage left you somewhere or he abandoned you. Oh, he uh the the you one- took him to wrestlers court. For this one, really? yeah, man, it was it was bad. He had a he had a. I lent him my car, and he did not wake up to take me to the airport the oh. next day. I was gonna lend it to him for like the you know the whole weekend of chill, but that's my dude. It, it, it's fucking hilarious, you know. But now, the, the right the moment, now it was. Yeah, but not the heat of the day. moment, you were pretty serious. Yeah, I was fucking. You took his off, ass bro. to Rester's court. Yeah, guilty as charged. <laughs> he <bro>. was guilty <laughs> as charged. He was. He was indeed. Like, but he's uh, doing good, man. I, I volunteered to be his lawyer for it. I said, plea bargain, bro, because I'm hearing the story now. And it's, just take the plea bargain. Yeah, there. there was no there was no, <laughs> there was no getting around that. I'm being a gentleman and a scholar as the king of New York <laughs> to lend my car to a peasant like Sebastian Cage, you know? Listen, Jesus. you've been around a long time. You've been doing this a while. Right now, you're at a point in your career where when, even at the height of the DRS as the tag team champions, you weren't closing out shows. Now you're the champ. You're, the, you're right. closing out all the shows. The fucking show is dependent upon you. As a guy who now stands at the top of the mountain surveying the landscape, who are the guys right now in the scene that you're looking at and saying, yeah, that guy is pretty good. That, that, could be the next, that could be the next DRS or that could be the next king of New York. That could be the next guy coming up. Uh, TJ Marconi's. He's but, doing this thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my dude Good right times there, only. Man. I love that fucking Yeah, guy. He's, yeah. he's doing very well right now. Sebastian Cage is another one. Um, Caveman, I think is great. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of guys. Man. Caveman's been doing it for a while, though. Yeah, he's been doing the damn thing. For, for yeah, a while. but you know, sometimes it takes guys time to put the pieces together. You know what I'm saying? Throw and the body out because yeah, he was a little guy. He was flack. That too. was the only issue. But now you see him; he's pretty he's, stocky, he's man. Shit. Yeah, man. Saw this guy in TRL, I couldn't even fucking recognize. Him. Yeah, dude, he got you know that that, that takes time, man. That, Everybody's body develops differently, you know, and yeah, all my I, muscle went to me. my midsection here. This is where yeah, we're man. That way, that you, that, I that, I'm like that too. <laughs> you just you you get to a point where you have to put everything yeah, I know together at the same time. I know you're feeling confident, brother. You took the singlet off, and now you got that fucking top showing up. I know you're fucking feeling. Confident yeah, I feel. I feel. Time. I'm not. I, I'm putting in the work, bro. You know, like at show the end it of the day, like, You got it, sister. Flaunt it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm at the point in my career where I, I had to completely revamp my look and re- to make it yeah. to make it work. You know, I wasn't really happy with the way the King of New York was perceived in the beginning. Like, right, I was this real king that like had a castle in the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? And rode a horse. And I didn't want that. I wanted to be seen as the way that I am now. You know, as very controversial, like a drug dealer i guess like a like a real hood dude like that's the perception that i want to give off with this character now uh-huh. you know very aggressive like i'm going to be working very tight with everything that i'm doing i want to be perceived as as real as humanly as humanly possible well th- that kind of uh, that requires a commitment 
Yeah. And, and, and it's something that you're very, very good at. And I wish more people, even if it's not your particular gimmick or your particular style, just commitment in general. Right. Because I don't see too many indie guys on any level that commit to a particular gimmick. Every, everyone trying, now man. is trunks, kick pads, and they're just wrestlers now. Yeah. That's I mean, the majority. That's why that's I think what I'm your saying. character what's stands old, out. What's old becomes new again, you know? And I'm trying to do it with the vignettes. I'm trying to do it with the pictures. I'm trying to do yeah. it with... With the in-ring work and the reactions that I'm, but now you're telling shows. yourself you're using these apps now. You're using social media, yeah. YouTube, you're on Twitter. Snapchat. I'm not really good at. I'm not really a fan of Twitter to be honest. But IG and Facebook, I use. You you're know, doing the lot. Snapchat deal, yeah, Snapchat gimmick for sure. Absolutely, you're doing a lot of crazy shit. And I'm gonna play this uh, quick audio clip right now because it is time. You're the first person I'm doing this with, by the way. All right, awesome. And it's. Uh, the nine raps. Random as fuck. These questions are literally random as fuck. Right. And you're probably looking at me going, well, wrestling random. No, these questions are random as absolutely fuck. She can figure with some of these acts here. <laughs> so, uh, Mrs. All right. o, Mrs. O is in the house, by the way, for those of you who wonder what I'm talking about. So I got nine questions for you. Random as fuck. You are hereby sworn to answer these questions as truthfully as honest for sure. as you've been all night. One, if you weren't a professional wrestler, what would you be? I would, I would probably be uh, a pastor. A pastor? Oh, you're that deep into the faith. Well, yeah. I was at a time like I. I feel you just like said I have you weren't living the life. I I wasn't, but I probably would be living the life if oh, I, if had I you wasn't not done if the... I if I wasn't involved in wrestling. Man, it's not easy to to do to wrestling balance. and yeah, <laughs> Christianity at the same yeah, time. It's kind of rough, bro. Someone no, for tell, real. Someone should tell Brian Excel that. Nah, still Brian, th those guys are super awesome. And I, you know, I used to go to church with them, man. You know, yeah, I just, yeah, absolutely. the experiences in my real life happened that made me fall out of Christianity. I started living crazy again, you know, for, for, for a good stretch. And I'm not going to be uh, perceived as a hypocrite, someone who's just going to church just to go. I want to be someone that if I am going to go to church, I'm going to be fully committed to it and living you know, in God's laws, you know, so I, I take that pretty seriously. I take it pretty yeah. seriously. So, I'm not, you know, if I'm doing this character and I'm doing all these things, it'd be kind of hypocritical for me to be going to, you know, church as well. I, and doing that. Shawn Michaels had that same problem yeah, for a man. while. He actually stopped going for a while because the whole the, the DX run, he couldn't do it. Right. Question number two, what is your condiment of choice? Ketchup, brother. Brother. Basic A, <laughs> the most basic condiment, <laughs> the most basic condiment on the planet. Number three, have you ever deuced and done critical damage to someone else's toilet? Facts of life, <laughs> my dude. A lot and lately, a, a lot and lately, you know, lately. dude. When you, eat, when you when you're on a diet and you eat a specific way, you're like I drink a lot of black coffee. So you're now dropping no healthy sugar. drops here. This is healthy stuff. Hey man, I rip ass sometimes, man. I do damage, yo. It's not good. It's not. Good. It's good for me and my body, but it's not good for the person's bathroom that it is for at least a half hour. <laughs> Question four: Regardless of season, which sock do you prefer, ankle or tube? Uh, tube sock for sure, bro. Tube socks. I'm the tube sock guy. I was. Getting, Come on, bro. I'm rocking getting, them shits right now. I rock the. Well, the you're rocking them shits now because yeah. it's the dead of January. It's nah, man. All the time. Like I in the summertime, I got the long Nike socks onto my Hell kneecaps, yeah. like I'm a Girl Scout and stuff. I rock you know? as well. <laughs> Number five, mustard of choice, yellow or spicy? Uh, it was. It's gonna have to be spicy, brother. Oh, damn it! That's yellow, the wrong yellow. answer, no. <laughs> nah, <it's, laughs> because I lately I've come uh, 
my taste buds have kind of gone to like spicier things. So <laughs> I that uh, old man taste buds. Yeah, like oh man, this is I amazing now. I need to feel. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Number uh, number seven, PlayStation or Xbox? I have both, dude. No, no, no. No, I do. Land on and one. I have, and I have a Switch. You have you have both, but you play one more than the other. Which one do you play more? I than play the other? all them shits. <laughs> okay, well, you can't land on one. I, I I'm gonna go with the uh, with the Xbox. Okay, number eight, Nintendo or Sega. I'm gonna go with Nintendo on that. I told you that was an easy one for people. By now, anybody my age, they have that shit already. Figured Nintendo, out. dude, all day. Number nine, and this is just the last question, and it's specifically made for you. If you could turn any celebrity into your own personal servant, a hired hand, if you will, who would it be and why? The hired hand, Miguel. And it's happened. <laughs> and, like, you know what's crazy is that, like, the whole plan is coming into play, and people are witnessing history. They're witnessing the rise of the greatest king to ever come out of New York City. It's crazy what's happening right now. And it's because of Miguel and it's because of the changes that we've made. And soon I'm going to be the king of the absolute world. <laughs> I absolutely believe it. One million percent, bro. <laughs> your, your particular style may not match with a lot of people, man, but it's, it's true. It's, Some people it's love true it, dude. Wrestling. It's it, true it wrestling. Is, it is wrestling. It's one million percent wrestling the way that it's the, the legends. It's the call-offs. It's, 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 it's the old NWA. Like... Like you do it modern, you do it New York, you do it your way. Yeah, but for that sure. fucking that commitment, that old school fucking grime to it, it's well, I so appreciate old people that notice it a lot, you know, and like they they put it over to me. Like I don't I'm think very friendly with day, fans baby too. Faces know what to do with it, right? To be honest with you, like they see you and they're like, ah, I don't. Know. I should be the the. What my perception is is that I should be the guy that every babyface wants to wrestle. That's the way that I look at That's it. That's the goal, but the problem is, is that baby, like we were just talking about before. You should want to make money, and you should be, you should want to be in an opportunity Everything with someone is, that could get you the most heat. You know what I'm saying? Right, in but a lot situation. of guys now coming out, it's all about the athletic contest. They're not really looking. You could do at the it, athletic yeah. contest and have people believe that it's real at the same time. It's all about how you call a match. So simulated combat. Nah, not even simulated, man. <laughs> Combat with psychology that makes sense and, makes and everybody sense and everybody loves, man. Me and me and JT Dunn had a match uh in June. It was super awesome, bro. And that's someone who would technically be put in that genre of wrestling. Oh, would be put in that genre of wrestling. He's one of the best wrestlers I've ever wrestled in my life, bro. He's he's fantastic. But you could mesh those styles together and it could work. It's all about the two people that are working together or the four people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How they mesh in the back when they're calling their matches and stuff like that. Do, do, are you more of a planner or are you more of an on-call guy? I, like in the ring type I like to call the beginning. I like to call the end and, and one cut off and that's it, man. That's just, to me, that's traditional, right? Yeah, right. exactly. That's the traditional I mean, way. That's how I was it. trained. That's this how I was trained to wrestle. This is how we're going to end it. Here's where I cut and that I'm, heel. And up. I'm trained that the heel calls the majority of the matches. Yes. yes. You know what I'm saying? So I, I have a formula that I think works very well for a lot of people. And I think I know how to heighten people's strengths. And I know how to deteriorate people's weaknesses when I call matches with them. And well, we you're have an good experienced matches. heel. I think when you get right. these new heels coming out, you're in there with a veteran. Well, because you have to sacrifice. Yeah. Any heel knows that the, the people are, they want to see the heel get his ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? And you, you call the people's strengths, and then it's when it's your time, you do, you do what you do, you know? Brother, I'm going to reach across the table for me and shake your hand. You Thank got you it, so dude. much for coming to the house of O. 
Anytime, and doing man. this uh, this here interview. It was cool, bro. Did I it go okay it. with you? You're I good? I hope that I answered all your questions. You yeah, know? I mean, I, you answered all of my questions. I hope you answered all of the fans' questions. <laughs> I I, yeah, I really sure. I really, and I'm gonna end it with this because I am running toward the end here, but. I definitely wanted to end it with this. You have a rip, and we've said this from the very beginning. I told you when we started this, I was going to come at you. I was going to yeah, for sure. And we're going to do facts. We're going to talk straight shit. And the straight shit is, is that I always felt for the last few years, especially since I've known you, that you've had this reputation of being a guy who is a. And I really think you're ABC. I, I, I've always enjoyed your work. Right. I, I've met you as a person. You've never done anything to me. And I've personally seen you influence so many other careers in a positive way. Yeah, for sure, and man. I, I want to be a, I want to be a pioneer and I want to be someone that lasts in this business for a long time. And you last by helping people. You're sub- like everybody back in the old territorial days were there helping the new guys coming in, taking people under their wing and doing things right. the right way with them. And this business became very me-focused, very about myself, and me focusing on what I have to do. But I don't believe that. I believe you can help people along the way and 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 do right by them and see them do well, you know? Right. And I, I gave you the example off air before we started talking. And it's <laughs> like if there's one spot available and it's between me and you, mm-hmm. right, and I choose me, well, that guy, obviously, in his perspective, I'm an asshole. Right. And then he tells other people I'm an asshole and so on and so right. forth. And all of a sudden, it becomes this big, overwhelming wave of where There are that's people that reputation. don't like me that I've never even talked to in my life. You right, know. exactly. Who I've said, I said, I made the joke earlier, but it's like, right. well, I've never met him, but I heard he's an asshole, so he's an asshole. I, I, I never really had a preconceived notion of you. I kind of I don't think most people do. I just think it's No, I think some people do. That's why no, I do. I <laughs> well mean, you, you, the people I that are people the people that are the people that are that are brave enough to, to to go to someone like you and tell you that, but will look at me in the fucking eye and not you know, well, know and, and shake my hand and act like they don't have an issue with me. I, I've never been that person and nor will I ever be that person. I'm the type of person that if I don't like you I'm going to shake your hand, but you're going to know that I don't like you. Right. Because I respect this business, and I respect how you support business. And I've seen you do business. it. I was sitting at Ridgefield Park when you did it to what's-his-name. Right. And, and Exactly. So right. I, I, I'm not going to go into it now, but I, you know that I know that yeah. I, I've been there before, and I've seen it. Yeah, That's for why, sure. Yeah, I've seen you go to war with this guy and still do it because it's what's good for business. For sure. I know bro. it's a shitty catchphrase that's been running to the ground, but best for business is... Is best best for Respe- this. I'm respecting reason. the fact that people have hired you to do a job, and you do your job, and you do it to the best of your ability. And I don't, I for me, I don't worry about what other wrestlers do because I'm so confident in what I do that I don't, I don't care what anybody else does. I know that if I'm given an opportunity to be on a show and I'm given a spot, that I'm going to do my best. Right. And I know that my best is good enough. I don't, I don't care about what other people say. But well, now people, you're at a point definitely where you should feel like. This is good shit. <laughs> You're yeah. doing good shit. I mean, I just I, I I'm happy, man, because I'm working very hard and like I have a great group of people around me and we're all working hard together and you do that, anything is possible, bro. Well, do you have anything coming up where these guys can see you? You got any shows coming up you want to plug or Yeah, this Saturday it's, it's my uh my first Keep in title mind, this defense. Is being, this is airing next Wednesday. Oh, so yeah. So if you missed it last Saturday, yes, <laughs> the, it's the Saturday, the twentieth. I'll plug the show this week so they know you're going. Yeah. I'm announcing you this Wednesday. Okay. Cool. So I'll plug the show. So I'm defending the title this Saturday, even though you ain't gonna know about it against some <laughs> uh, Sawyer Fulton from NXT. It's gonna be his yeah. first match coming out from Developmental. He's he's working me. At, so Negro's taking great. on Sanity, folks. If you yeah. want. 
If you can go back into time a few days and go to, <laughs> is it back in Richfield Park? Is yeah, it, it is, uh, man. That's uh, Pro Wrestling Magic's uh, kind of home base, that's, right? That's definitely home base, man. Okay. It's a great building. I I, uh, I love wrestling I there. I perform there. It's a very good building, yes. Yeah, for violence and suffering. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I, know, I did uh, did a little bit of a heel shtick a little <laughs> bit that particular night. He was sitting in the back. And then uh, next month is going to be uh, next month, really busy at February uh SWF, I'm wrestling James Ellsworth on the 24th. That's one of his first matches out of WWE, which is going to be pretty so cool. So everybody who gets released has got to come through you to get back to the Indies. Apparently. I think that I th- it's a blessing for me, and it's a blessing I, I think, I think for it's them a sign as of well. trust. Yeah, man. I think. Yeah, for sure, bro. Like, you know, you want to be able to put on good performances with these guys that are at the top of their game, whether they got released or they didn't. They had a run in the WWE, and they made money, and they were successful, and they were given the opportunity. That's all you could ask for, and you have to respect everybody that's ever gone through that system. Now, I'm trying to wrap it up, but now you just said something that gave me another question. You know, What's up? Some of these guys getting released coming through you now, I mean, you've been doing this 17 years. Sawyer Fulter can't hold your jock when it comes to veteran experience. Do, right, you, right. do you take that into consideration when you put these matches together, or you let the WWE guy kind of get his nah, shit? Nah, man. I, 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 you I call, call your matches, matches right? dude. <laughs> I, yeah, I do, I do because I, I feel like I, I understand how to call a match properly so that everybody... Because he doesn't know this audience. That's your audience. R- well, not even that. I, just, I mean, in that building. We're definitely going to work together and sit down, and I'm going to see what he wants to do, and we'll just piece it together the right way. But, you know, I for me, it's an exciting match for me because I'm hoping that, you know, they see it. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, if they want to see if their talent is going to work hard to come back up and, yeah, get, exactly. back and get back. So AKA I, a Drew McIntyre. Yeah, man. I mean, a lot of guys have done it lately, man. And, and It wouldn't and be nice if the guy they showcased that against was you. And then, there you go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to put all of your social media shit in with this video. Yeah, so sure, you don't man. have to plug it if you don't want to. Is there anything else that you want to... Kind of put out there, promote before we end this. Uh, I just man, just pay attention, man. We're we're gonna be doing a lot of big things in uh, in New York and all over this year. I'm very excited. I'm gonna be working out there at WrestleMania weekend. I already got a booking out there. So going out there in New Orleans. Yeah, man. We're gonna there try to go. make some impact out there. And, there you go. You know, just can continue to generate buzz in the brand and 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 try to be the best wrestler I could possibly be, bro. That's it, man. And hey. I appreciate you having me here. I appreciate your wife letting us come to your home at this late <laughs> at night to record this. And you um, were very responsible too, by the way, folks. He's got to drive home. I got this gentleman a gift. He didn't open it yet. Not so. one sip, because I'm in training, man. I'm taking this sober serious, as a bro. bird this entire hour and a half. <laughs> so for those of you who thought it was the the liquor talking, it wasn't. He's so nah, man. It's I got straight the box shooting, right bro. Me. Live He's rounds, baby. Live rounds, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out, and being you, the first interview, and it really means a lot to me. I just hope people see my my perspective and my side of the story, like because uh, I've heard a lot of bad things too, and it, it sucks. To yeah. be the person on the other end that hears that when yeah. you know that you're conducting yourself in, in, in well, a you specific know way. We've been talking for now officially 140 minutes. If they don't get it by this, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Fuck them. If this doesn't get them, fuck them. There's no way to win them over. That's it. It's over. Thank you so much, you Mr. Mr. E.C. Negro, the king of New York, ladies and gentlemen, the pro wrestling magic heavyweight champion of the world and soon to be champion of the rest of the world if he gets the opportunity. Yeah, man. This awesome. is AJ Orsini. This is episode 16. Tune in again next week, every Wednesday at 9 p.m., ajoum.pobby.com. All the social media stuff will be in the bottom, not just 
uh, for me, but also for my guest, Mr. Negro. And uh, we'll also be putting the Pro Wrestling Magic information down at the bottom so that you guys can check that company out as well. You know, when you're the champ, you got to rock it. Thanks, bro. So Appreciate I'm gonna be, that. I'm going to be putting all that stuff down. And uh, so you guys can catch them on the social media below. Thank you so much for paying attention to my show and come back and listen to me again. Peace. Please listen to Please listen to my husband's show 